0: Welcome to the Food is Wasted podcast. It's been over a year since I last published a podcast, or indeed any content, on the Food is Wasted website, but I'm back. And I've already published a couple of articles on food waste entrepreneurialism and best before dates, so if you haven't done so already, please do visit the site and have a read of them both. Moving forward, I intend to publish regular articles, podcasts, in the form of interviews and radio documentaries, as well as videos and short documentary films, all of which I hope will inform and ideally inspire action. If you'd like to be kept up to date on everything I share on the site and beyond, then please be sure to subscribe to the newsletter. Visit foodiswasted.com forward slash newsletter. And of course, please also subscribe to this podcast via iTunes or whichever platform you use to ensure you automatically get future episodes. This podcast is a brief interview I conducted with the chef Tom Hunt. Tom is not just an award-winning chef and restaurant owner, but also a food writer, sustainability consultant and campaigner, as well as author of the book The Natural Cook. Tom's response to the issue of food waste is to promote what he calls root-to-fruit eating, which we touch upon briefly in the interview, and which entails eating for pleasure, eating whole foods, and eating the best food you can. You can find out more about Tom and his work at tomsfeast.com. I met up with Tom at a recent event he was hosting and talking at here in London in collaboration with the Thomson Reuters Foundation. It was a very last-minute interview, so I had almost no time to prepare, but it was a great opportunity to learn more about Tom's work and philosophy on the topic of food waste. So without further ado, here's my interview with Tom Hunt.
1: I'm Tom Hunt, a chef, food writer, and kind of... Person who's fascinated in food sustainability.
0: And what is it about fascination? I think it's
1: a lifelong process. From growing up in the countryside, working on industrial farms, and growing my own vegetables, and then also kind of experiencing or living on cooperatives and in permac- on permaculture gardens and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then, but then, like the real kind of turning point was being invited by Tristram Stewart from Feedback to feed 200 people in Southwark Bridge okay. using food that would otherwise be wasted in 2011. Okay. And I created this feast basically out of unwanted produce from all over. we I went scavenging at Covent Garden Market and in. Supermarket bins, and Mm -hmm. then we also had fish discards donated, and also kind of linked in with Fair Share, the redistribution charity, who provided some of the kind of more mainstream products, like from supermarkets and things that have either run out or gone beyond their best before date, or are um, mislabeled in their packaging, or so on.
0: Mm -hmm. The amount of food that you've seen, Mm -hmm. and the amount of food that you're aware is being wasted. What do you feel are kind of the you know, critical things that can be done to try and reduce that from uh, you know the different levels, from household to um, manufacturers and retailers to farm farmyard and then the policymakers?
1: Well, I think that's a huge like. So the thing is with food waste is that it happens at every level of production, like you just described, um, from the farmer to in our own homes, and so I kind of see the bigger issue as really a cultural one mm-hmm. where we've lost touch with the value of our food and really it's its origin and therefore nature mm-hmm. and so it, you know what I mean is we're mostly buying food in plastic packaging prepared for us in supermarkets that have no real, are not indicative of, of nature or where that food came from in any way mm-hmm. other than the advertising that's placed on the front that might not even be true. Yeah. And so I think that what we need to do is really break that disconnection or like that's, doesn't quite make sense. But we need to like, yeah, essentially look to reconnect and mend the disconnection Mm -hmm. that we have um, uh, through enjoying food. Mm. But how do you think it
0: arose in the first place that disconnect from our food and valuing it and also uh, understanding the provenance of it? I
1: think it's our consumer culture, a culture of convenience, the Western dream, Urbanization um, yeah, and really convenience that that kind of which we all want you know we're efficient human beings we we want to kind of simplify and make things easier all the time, mm. maybe so that we can do things that we enjoy, but maybe forgetting that food can and is enjoyable
0: mm. um, but that's so that's uh it's very much putting the onus on the individual, the consumer, and then kind of navigating, informing themselves and navigating their way through the, the system to access this food as best they can with the, 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 um, what they have available to them in terms of not just the knowledge but also the, the finances. But what about um, what about at a higher level, you know, mm. the, of the food chain? Yeah, yeah. You know, what, what can happen to kind of address the food system? And that
1: well, firstly, I think we do have a responsibility, even as individuals, yeah. because at least 50% of the food we're wasting comes from the home anyway. That isn't entirely our fault. Mm. That's greatly due to the way it's sold to us. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. And it, it definitely needs to come from the top down as well as the bottom. Mm. And But what I think is that that's really happening. And I yeah. think we're, you know, the movement that we're seeing towards food sustainability in particular, it has arisen through that interest that individuals have taken. Mm. And therefore the consumers, that the, the, sorry, the producers and corporations and and companies have really heard that and are accelerating their sustainability and their approach at a tremendous rate. Um, and that's all down to the kind of people being more educated and understanding more about food sustainability and wanting to buy from better producers. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's that that's kind of where we're starting to see the real change happen. And that's happening in government too. I mean, Theresa May and the Conservative government have just pledged 61.4 million towards fighting plastic pollution Mm -hmm. due to all this hype around plastic. Mm. And that's kind of, although, you know, you could say they're doing it for votes, that's kind Mm. of what democracy is. Mm. And that, you know, so it's interesting to see the government and companies moving towards food sustainability and Mm -hmm. adapting their approach.
0: But then again, that that kind of puts... It, it's kind of reacting, it's a reactionary yeah. movement rather than, you know, them actually doing it out of a desire to be more sustainable and be more mindful and, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, of their own kind of impact and externalizing things like soil degradation and, and uh, you know, the wider issues of climate change and also diet-related issues, type 2 diabetes, obesity, yeah. you know, what, what needs to happen to stop that externalisation of these real costs that we're paying for later on down the line
1: well I think that's another dr- drive for kind of tackling you know tackling obesity I mean the the costs for managing non-communicable diseases for the NHS are in kind of many millions yeah. and you know at the end of the day the the government's got a balance sheet and they and a forecast like any business, and they they're seeing these costs, and that I imagine is driving their decisions as well. I mean, I can't, to be honest, I don't know, you know, the any people in government personally. I don't know where where this is coming from. Yeah. But what I would did want to say, and is that people in government and people in these kind of larger corporations are us Mm. there are neighbors and fellow friends and so kind of this bubble and and hype and kind of enthusiasm for food sustainability kind of infiltrates them Mm. in that sense um and so maybe that's where the heart comes into it and the kind of more genuine kind of like we're doing this for the for the you know to make sure that we have a fairer world where people get fed yeah. and there's not kind of um, yeah an insane amount of people starving
0: mm. but then that's yeah i think that's a very glass half full perspective on, on the situation because they themselves like we we as europe well the average consumer is quite disconnected but in many respects are they not even more disconnected you know the people with a lot of wealth that uh, don't necessarily have to um, consider what they're eating you know, because they have the opportunity to eat what they, they can and will. Um,
1: yeah, I think there's the genuine evil people in the world that don't care. <laughs> yeah.
0: So in terms of your approach and, and your desire and what you're doing to try and change things and affect uh, positive change and influence people's decisions, uh, you've got this philosophy of the, the root to fruit Um, Would you mind just briefly kind of explaining that?
1: Of course, so, yeah, I basically, setting up the Forgotten Feast, which was a social enterprise that I put together based on that initial food waste banquet that I created in 2011. I kind of just saw this massive opportunity with the concept of food waste. And for me, it was something truly tangible that Everyone agrees with even people that don 't agree with climate like agree that climate change exists agree that food waste isn 't a good thing, and it 's also very quantifiable, and the statistics are really impressive in a, in a negative way um, and so I, I've kind of realized that we'd made the intangible tangible and that it was such an easy concept to grasp. And so Root for Eating started as this idea of complete consumption. Eating the whole ingredient. So taking the nose-to-tail philosophy, eating the whole animal a step further, and eating the whole vegetable. So making sure you don't peel an ingredient unless you absolutely have to, because most of the nutrition is under the skin, and then you're also just throwing away good food. Yeah. And then beyond that, herb stalks, leaves, uh, root leaves, all these different things. Um, But then also also just kind of plain thrift with your food and making sure you use your leftovers and so on. And so kind of the root for eating philosophy began as this reaction to the global food waste scandal and a way of enabling people to save more of their food. But then it grew into a much broader philosophy and idea around food sustainability in general.
0: Mm.
1: Look, basically, my realization was that the answer being that we need to reconnect with the true value of our food and nature Mm. is very simply us eating for pleasure, eating whole foods and eating the best food we can. And adopting those three kind of simple philosophies or ideas leads to a far more enjoyable kind of life and way of eating that, that um, also kind of saves us money and has far-reaching impacts around food sustainability globally through our better choices.
0: And how are you communicating with people that philosophy, um, how are you getting it out there?
1: Kind of, it's the focus. Like my key focus as an individual is to help create a fairer food system, because I don't like the idea that there's people starving in the world while there's there's an excess of food and it's being wasted. And you know, and um, and so everything I do, whether it's through my restaurant Poco in Bristol, my food writing and articles and columns, my recipes, the talk we're doing tonight the 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 focus really is this kind of idea of food sustainability and root to fruit eating mm-hmm. and communicating that because the two key kind of problems that people give when when you talk about trying to improve diets is time and money mm-hmm. and i really feel that root to fruit eating practicing complete consumption buying better food when we can allows us to kind of reduce the time that we're spending on food through having such good ingredients that they can be cooked simply Mm -hmm. without much preparation Mm -hmm. and then saving us money through the, practically through the food that we're not throwing away Mm -hmm. um, which kind of creates that budget for buying that better food when we can
0: Mm -hmm. and in terms of social media, what impact do you think that's having in terms of people's uh, connection with food and, and relationship with it because obviously there has been this disconnect but now there is the rise of like um, an interest in plant-based diets and in, um, yeah, zero waste philosophies and, and um, reducing food waste. So Instagram and others have played a role in that. How, how big a role do you think that has been? Um,
1: God, I... I don't know, but I I think it's, it feels like hugely influential, like all of this community, this broader community of, well, celebrities, whether they're kind of social media celebrities or kind of media celebrities, all coming together really does kind of help catalyze change. And I think it's really important as, as is the role of the media and, and journalists to kind of inform people about these issues but also inform people about the practical solutions Thank you very much for
0: that I No, that. not thank at you all, you all. thank, thank you Thanks for listening to the Food is Wasted podcast and I hope you enjoyed my brief chat with chef, Tom Hunt You can find out more about Tom and his work at tomsfeast.com And if you'd like to learn more about the issue of food waste and the work being done by organizations across the globe to reduce the amount of avoidable food waste being produced, then please visit the Food is Wasted website at foodiswasted.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, then be sure to listen to past episodes and to ensure you get future episodes directly to your phone or other device, subscribe via iTunes or wherever you obtain your podcasts from. Thank you once again for listening and take care.